You're listening to Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Here, we'll chat about all things marriage, motherhood, and modern home economics in all honesty. I'm your host, Maris Young. This episode is sponsored by Dram Apothecary. So as you know, the first thing that attracted me to Dram was their beautiful branding and their delicious sparkling waters. But I have been branching out into new things when it comes to Dram, and I'm excited to report back with my thoughts. Dram gifted me with a ginger cinnamon switchel concentrate, and it turns out that switchels are a prebiotic tonic historically enjoyed by farm workers to help keep them hydrated throughout the day. Plus, the special drink is even known to promote a resilient immune system. You can shop Dram's thoughtfully crafted products at dramapothecary.com, and don't forget to use code YHM20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. And in using that special promo code, you are supporting both Dram, a woman-owned Colorado-based business, and Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Cheers. P.S. If you have a service or a product offering that you'd like to share with the Young Honest Mother community, visit younghonestmother.com slash sponsor to get the conversation rolling. And now, on to the show. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brooke, for being a guest on Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. Okay, so let's start with this. Who is Brooke? Well, that's a very loaded question, um, but I am a designer, an entrepreneur, um, a mother to two kids, ages eight and four, wife, daughter, and friend, if I had to put it all in one little one little package there. Yes, thank you. Okay, so the first thing that came out of your mouth was that you are a designer. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear more about what that means to you and how you found that path. Sure. So, um, you know, growing up, my mom was um, an elementary school art teacher. Um, mm. My older brother went to art school. Um, so, where some, you know, parents might Um, not want their kids to grow up and be artists. My mom was Mm -hmm. thrilled that I wanted to um, pursue a design career. And so it was just kind of, it was always one of those things that I, um, you know, I just felt drawn to the arts. So it was pretty natural that I um, majored in graphic design at the University of Delaware. And um, Mm -hmm. it's just really been a, a constant in my life for so long, even when I think back to, um, you know, middle school and high school, graphic design wasn't really taught as much. I mean, it was in like the the cut and paste sort of format. This was in the 90s we're talking here. Um, So, you know, but my first real experience with design was um, designing my high school yearbook. And just realizing how much I loved, um, you know, sort of creating order. Um, it's very telling, creating order while making something look attractive. So, um, yeah. you know, it was really, I was very lucky to find my career path very early. Yeah. And I, I like what you said about, you know, creating order while making something look appealing. Mm-hmm. What about that do you think was attractive to you? Um, I think, you know, I've always been a a type A sort of personality and I'm also someone who can, um, you know, feel anxious if things are out of order or if things are, you know, too disorganized. So having the ability to create that order myself um, was very enticing. And, you know, I love the challenge of um, when a client or just a a problem arises that, 
you know, someone has all of this content and it's kind of a mess and the challenge of putting it together in a way that um, is straightforward and, you know, legible and understandable. Um, it gives me a sense of peace and it's a sense of satisfaction to know that, um, you know, design can have that impact bringing kind of taking something that's chaotic and turning it into something that's very orderly and um, easy to understand. I totally understand. I feel <laughs> so similarly. I have a background in graphic design, although I'm self-taught. I didn't oh, okay. study at school or anything, but I can totally understand the the satisfaction that comes from taking all of these disparate elements that are kind of chaotically jumbled together and then being able to make sense out of that and mm -hmm. present it in a way that's like easy for someone to look at and understand, but it also makes you feel good because it looks nice as yes. you're you're looking at it. So gratifying and satisfying. <laughs> it is. And so, okay, you went to college to study design. Mm -hmm. Where did you go from there? Um, from there, I had a variety of different jobs. I was an in-house designer for the Philadelphia Orchestra, um, which oh. got my feet wet like really quickly, hit the ground running. Um, there was only two of us in the design department. And from there, I was an in-house designer at a local university. Um, for several years, then moved on to um, a, a imitation studio. They did high-end imitations. And then mm -hmm. from there, um, in 2010, some other designers and I decided to start our own business. So we started um, Curious and Company Creative in 2010. Uh, we recently wow. celebrated our 10-year anniversary, which is just so hard to believe that it just time flies. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And so I think, you know, those experiences in um, working for other people definitely helped me kind of hone my skills and, and understand the industry, um, mm -hmm. but also really, really realized that doing my own thing was, was what I was meant to do. Mm. What prompted you to start your own business? Like what were, what were some of the observations that you were making that made you realize, you know, I think this is probably the better path for me? Well, I mean, I think part of it was probably that type A part of me that was like wanting a little bit of control over, um, you know, the type of work I was taking on. But I also right. saw that the design industry, the creative industry, um, you know, it can be one of those jobs where it's, you're working late nights, you're working um, very long hours. And I knew that my husband and I would eventually want to start a family. Um, and, you know, perhaps we jumped into starting our own business a little naively, my partners and I, but at the same time, it happened at such a good time. Um, we started the business in 2010 and I had my first child in 2012. So it allowed us to establish the business a bit. Um, and then, you know, once I did have my son, that flexibility was there. While owning a business is not easy and it's, you know, there's still plenty of long hours that go along with it. Um, that flexibility of being able to kind of work my schedule around my son and, um, you know, call the shots a bit more was super important. And, you know, and unfortunately, I think mothers do have to make that choice a lot more often than fathers do. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, in some ways it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, ah, you know, I, I wish that I 
hadn't had to make that choice, but I'm also so glad um, and grateful that I did when I did. Yeah. So I'm really curious about Curious and Co. <laughs> and and the mission behind it. What was the goal or the purpose that you and your co-founders had in mind when you started this initiative? So we really wanted to focus on um, branding for small businesses and. Okay. You know, um, branding to us, you know, encompasses logo, all of the visual elements that go along with a company. Um, but also we do a lot of print design, um, different types of projects. So whether it's an annual report or a signage or, you know, marketing materials. Um, so really kind of a, a broad range, but we just really enjoyed helping other businesses. Um, but at the same time, we always had, you know, a little bit of an interest in some products and stationery. We had a line of wedding invitations at one point. Um, we did close the line eventually because it just, it wasn't feeling like the right fit after a few years. Um, but we were always, you know, interested in finding sort of like the right product that might be something that we could um, have as a different revenue stream for the business. Because, you know, we love doing the custom branding, um, but it is custom and it's it's a bit more time consuming and we're always looking for new clients because it's not necessarily, you know, if, if we do a good job for someone, hopefully they're, um, they don't need to come back to us super often. So right. we're often looking for new clients and um, that was where the idea, well, you know, the idea for our product, the Balance Found Planner, kind of came about in a roundabout way, but we realized we had something that we could use our skills to grow it. Um, and it could, you know, be a little, little bit of something different for us as designers. That's so interesting. I like the idea of having, you know, one section of the business that's focused on client facing work where you're meeting with the client and getting to know their needs and then, you know, creating beautiful solutions for them. And then you've got this other side where you can serve more people more easily, um, but still through beautiful and functional design. That's, I, I'm really impressed by that. I like well, that business you. model. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, all business owners want to want to build something that scales. And right. um, while we feel passionate about working with other business owners on their visual brands, um, you know, it's, it's not something that's easily scalable because, you know, we're starting from step one with every client um, right. to create something for them. So yeah, starting creating a product is a whole other animal um, in a way that, you know, it has just, there's, it, it's so different in terms of the marketing and um, just, you know, the type of work itself, but it's also really exciting to start, um, you know, building up a, a bit of an audience and a customer base of people that are really enjoying the product. Definitely. Okay. So for listeners who are not familiar with the Balance Bound Planner, can you help us to visualize what it looks like and what it's all about? Sure. So um, the Balance Bound Planner is a planner that allows you to divide each day into four sections, work, self, others, and home. Um, and the reason we did that is, you know, I think women especially, we wear a lot of different hats. We um, fulfill a lot of different roles in our lives. And 
again, I was someone who could easily be overwhelmed by things that weren't in order. Um, and mm -hmm. it was, you know, it was a product that was really born out of necessity. I was driving home um, from a networking event, like rushing to get my kids, pick up my kids in time from school or daycare and, you know, thinking about all that I had to do at home that night. And I found myself right. wishing that I had a planner that really allowed me to have different sections for those different roles. And I've always been a planner person. I've always loved pen to paper, um, you know, writing down all of my, my tasks for the day. But when I looked around, I really wasn't seeing what I had in mind. So I thought, oh, okay, this, this could be something. This, um, you know, this is where our design skills can, can come into play and we can take a look at creating something that doesn't yet exist. Um, so, um, you know, I had run the idea by my business partners and, and they were intrigued by it. So I initially created a rough layout and started using the prototype myself and, and really found that, oh, you know, kind of creating space for these different roles that I play, not only mm -hmm. is helping me to just feel a little bit um, more calm about all of the things that I need to do, but it's also helping me realize, oh, look, I'm hardly spending any time on myself. I am mm -hmm. taking care of all of these things with my business. I am taking care of my family. I'm taking care of things at home, but I have nothing left to give to myself. And it was kind of one of those light bulb moments like, oh, when I can see it in front of me, I can tell um, that I need to set aside time for myself. Um, so, you know, in a nutshell, that is what we've really tried to bring to our customers as well. Just this idea of um, figuring out how to set boundaries and how to create um, mm -hmm. more time and prioritize self-care. Because, um, you know, if, if we don't give anything to ourselves, we don't have anything left to give everyone else that we're used to taking care of. So mm -hmm. that is our, um, you know, I, I think I said in a nutshell, that was a very large nutshell, but that is what we're <laughs> trying to do um, with this planner. I love that. And I'm also intrigued too the way that you spoke about how this planner can help set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and what that's looked like in your personal life? Sure. So, um, you know, I think it was probably right around the time that um, we came up with the idea for the planner. I, you know, I decided that I really wanted to get back into an exercise routine and start, mm -hmm. um, you know, just taking better care of myself physically. I had, you know, always taken dance and things growing up. I was very involved in theater when I was younger and and that was a, a part of myself that I had really just kind of lost in the years of becoming a parent. And, um, but I started to realize that I had to, um, you know, not, not ask permission to my husband, but I had to say, I need this time to myself um, and I need you to do this for me so I can have this. And, and so that was a boundary in many ways, just letting him know what I needed um, letting him know mm. what I was not available for when I needed to be um, putting time into myself and going to some new classes. Um, so that's that's a big one for me in terms of boundaries. And I think also um, learning to say no to things and knowing that or feeling confident that no is a complete sentence. I think that when um, you know when I see my very full planner of all of the different tasks and and running around and schedules that I have to 
manage, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I, I think we often say yes to things because we don't want to disappoint people. Um, but when you start to visually see all of these things laid out in front of you and you realize that you're actually disappointing yourself by saying yes to too many things for other people, it's, right. it's very empowering um, to, you know, learn to say no and, and know that that no means that you're giving yourself some time. Um, so, you know, boundaries, I, I still, it's something I can still struggle with. You know, I am uh, a people pleaser or recovering people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Um, so boundaries are something that I always have to keep in check and make sure that I am not taking on too much. Um, but it's, it's definitely, it's powerful to see it in front of me every day when I'm looking at my planner and know that, um, you know, I can see very clearly where I need to set aside time for myself and, and start saying no to others. I can imagine that, like being able to have a visual reminder every day of how we're spending our time and mm-hmm. where our time is going. Because I think oftentimes, especially as mothers, we can get so caught up in you know, tending to all of these different roles, as you said, you know, making mm-hmm. sure everyone's taken care of, the house is taken care of, you've got work, you know, we're meeting our deadlines and everything. And before you know it, you're kind of like, okay, where did all of my time go? How do I not have time to exercise, not have time to like, you know, watch my favorite show or read a book and things like that. And it's, I think we have to be very vigilant and very committed to holding that space for ourselves. And so having a tool like the Balance Bound Planner where you can see straight up, here's what I have scheduled for myself. And you can see, you know, maybe I have too many things in this column right now. What can I set down? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not forever, but, you know, for the time being, what can you set down so that you can add some more time for yourself? Or maybe it's the reverse. Maybe you want to add some more family time back in. Like just to be able to visually see that every day is so helpful. Yeah. I mean, and I think that, um, you know, it's, it's a reminder that we can't always be so proud that we do everything ourselves and then find ourselves Mm. completely burnt out at the end of the day. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's that little spark to just say, Hey, you're doing too much. So I'm curious about how you landed on the four signature sections of the planner. Did you play around with any other ones or you knew right away you were going to stick with these four? You know, I think when I originally came up with the idea, um, I believe it was initially just going to be three sections, which was just work, Mm -hmm. self, and others. Um, And then as I started laying out the prototype, I realized like, oh, well, home, you know, is everybody has a home base that they're taking care of those responsibilities at home, whether it's a dorm room or, um, you know, an apartment that you share or you live with your parents or, you know, everybody has Mm -hmm. those home responsibilities. So I thought, okay, well, if I do four sections um, and I tried to put myself in, in the shoes of some other people and, and think about, okay, well, you know, not everyone's a parent, um, but people who are not parents are still caregivers in some way. And we all still have other people that, um, you know, we're caring for or making time for in our lives. And so, you know, I tried to make the sections broad enough that they could work for a variety of different people and and different, um, you know, different milestones in your life. 
But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, even if with work, you know, whether you work for yourself or you're a student or you might simply take on volunteer roles, um, you know, Mm -hmm. that's work that's important. So I think that, you know, keeping the categories sort of broad with work, self, others and home um, without having a a section that's specifically devoted to kids or specifically devoted to school, you know, it's, it's flexible depending on different people's needs. So that was, um, you know, something that we worked hard on to make it, make it flexible. And with each of the sections, we have a little icon that represents that section throughout. So Mm. it's a good little reminder, like the self section is a little battery. Um, So it Mm -hmm. sort of reminds you to, to make, make sure that you're recharging. Mm -hmm. I like that. Thank you. I'd love to talk a little bit more about what balance means to you. So, you know, it's in the title or the name of this planner. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? And why did you choose to include it in the name of this item? Well, so it's funny, you know, sometimes I feel like the name is almost even tongue in cheek, because there's no such thing as the perfect balance. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, as mothers, I think we know that it's more of a juggle every day. Um, but you know, juggle bound planner didn't quite have the same ring to it, (laughs) but (laughs) I think, you know, and we went through some, some variations with the name, trying to come up with the perfect one. And, um, I had balance in mind just because I felt like, even if it's not something that we ever find, or, you know, there might be that one day that feels like, oh, this was such a perfect day, but listen, we're not all going to have a perfectly balanced day all the time. Um, And a friend of mine, my friend Amanda Jefferson, she runs a great company called Indigo Organizing, and she's also a busy mom. And and she um, she said, "What about bound? Like balance, bound? Like you're you're working towards balance." And and just the idea, um, it's also kind of a a bit of a play on words because the planner um, we have two different binding styles available. So I was like, "Oh, balance, bound." It just it felt right because it felt like this thing that you're always working towards. Um, and, you know, we might not ever have 10 days in a row that are all perfectly balanced, but we're, we continue to work at it and make sure that we're making time for ourselves in addition to taking care of all those other people. Um, so for me, it really means being equally present and invested in my work, my relationships, and my role as a mother for my two kids without feeling burnout and depleted every day. Um, you know, I think particularly right now, it's a, you know, we're going on what month eight of a pandemic. Uh, it's a really hard time to be a parent to young kids or, you know, all kids, but, um, my experience with younger kids, you know, it's really hard and I'm working a little more at night than I would like to that, um, you know, that was something that I had really tried to stop doing in the, in the years prior. Um, Mm. and, and it's just, it's a really hard time as we juggle all of our usual responsibilities on top of the reality of a pandemic. Um, right. So, you know, it's a reminder to give yourself a, a little bit of forgiveness. Um, not every day is going to be perfect, but you can still just, um, try to start each day fresh and, and make sure that we're devoting time to the things that are important to us, including time for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's such a compassionate outlook on balance. I really appreciate that because I know <laughs> that a lot of times 
we can feel so much pressure to have everything perfect, you know, to be able to spend the perfect amount of time working so that you don't feel guilty when you're not with your kids and then to spend the perfect amount of time with your kids so you don't feel guilty that you're not working, you know, and all of these different factors can start to really just flow in. And if we're not careful, we end up just carrying so much guilt. And Mm -hmm. I like the way that you have illuminated for me and the listeners what balance means to you. And, you know, it just, like you said, it's, it's a forgiving way of looking at that aspiration Mm -hmm. and allowing ourselves to kind of come into it as we may, but not, not feeling so much pressure to get everything, you know, exactly right, exactly perfect every single day. That's really so kind. (laughs) Well, thank you. And, and I think, you know, Self-care can be really small things and and little rituals that you build into your day that it it doesn't need to be some grandiose activity or plan. Um, And I I think that that's something that is extra important right now because like our time is just so limited with many of us have our kids around at all times right now. And, you know, activities and schools have been canceled or are changing. And you know, and, mm-hmm. and so there's so many things that I've realized that I can do for myself um, to just feel a little bit better about this really weird world that we're living in and, and scary world. And, um, you know, so so things as simple as after my kids are in bed and, you know, my husband, he's a morning person. He likes to go to bed early and, and, and wake up early in the morning. And I'm someone who likes to stay up late. And I realized like, oh, well, I can kind of make this a little bit more of a um, a ritual in, mm-hmm. you know, my kids go to bed, I put on my nice, like actual pajamas that I bought that are not just sweatpants and t-shirts. And yes. I make myself a cup of tea. And, you know, I usually watch a show or two while maybe I'm getting some work done. And, and then I read before bed. And, you know, these are all things that they're pretty mundane, and they're not I'm not spending a ton of money to make them happen, or I don't need a ton of time. I'm not sacrificing a lot of time during the day where I might be needing to help my son with school right now. Um, mm-hmm. But there are just there are these little things that I've been doing for myself, and it really it really has made a difference, and it it can make a huge difference as you um, you know as you continue doing things. Like I had really given up reading for years. I loved to read and having kids, I just didn't know when I was supposed to find time to read. Um, and maybe like a year and a half ago, I started just making a real habit to read at night before bed. Even if I was tired, um, you know, I might only read a couple pages, but I just realized, oh, like I can read several books if I just slowly chip away at it instead of just saying, well, I never have any time to read. So I guess that hobby has gone out the window. You know, so being gentle with ourselves and just trying to find those little pockets of time, like granted, I hope that we all have more than five minutes, you know, in the near future to take care of ourselves. But right now, if five minutes is all you can find, if, if late at night when your house is, uh, the rest of the house is sleeping is the only time that you have to yourself, like you indulge, like, you, you know, do what you need to do for yourself to just to just feel better because it is it's really hard right now. It is not an easy time to be a parent. 
not at all. <laughs> not an easy time mm-hmm. just to be a human right now because right. there, there's just so much going on. And I really like the the simple tips that you shared about how you've been able to incorporate self-care in a very practical way mm-hmm. into your life. And, you know, like you said, it doesn't have to cost much. It doesn't have to take much time, but you're being intentional about that. And I think that makes all the difference. And um, it makes me think about how design, so we've been talking about the actual like physical, you know, aesthetic principles of design. Mm -hmm. How would you say that design has influenced your actual life? Mm, That's a great question. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, like I said, since just being type A and getting easily overwhelmed, I realized how design is problem solving. Um, And that's something I just, I love that not only has it helped me with both, you know, this planner and, um, and it's helped other people in terms of, uh, you know, the planner that we're we're selling to customers. Um, But I think knowing that it is helping other people, even in our work with Curious and Company, our, our design clients, um, it's just such a powerful tool in problem solving. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that I probably tend to come at a lot of things in my life um, with that sort of designer's eye or that designer's mindset of like, ooh, this is a problem that I can't wait to solve. Um, and so I think it, it probably has given me a unique perspective on on solving problems and and not always looking at problems as difficult things to overcome, but um, you know, kind of something exciting that awaits. <laughs> yeah. That sounds kind of nerdy, but that's the designer in me, I guess. <laughs> and no, I love that. I'm trying to have more of that kind of perspective. It's hard. I, it I tend to look at problems as just like, and more so that like, why is this happening? This shouldn't be happening. Mm. So clearly I did something wrong. And the fact of the matter is problems are a part of life and we can't, actually escape them. So to have this kind of mindset where you're looking at, okay, how can I solve this problem and be excited about it? You know, how can I come up with a creative solution to it? That is, in my opinion, where I would like to be. We're more so on that side versus like, oh gosh, here we go again. Why do problems have to exist at all? Yeah. So. Well, I mean, it's not to say that I don't get a little flustered by problems, but <laughs> yeah. but I do think that, yeah, the the more you, um, you know, look at look at different problems as something that can be exciting to find a better solution for, you know, whatever was right. there before, you know, it can uh, make it a little less cumbersome. <laughs> Definitely. I'm also curious too. So you started your business before you had your first child, but it sounds like you were already married. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. My husband and I, we got married in 2008. And then uh, Curious and Company, my partners and I started about two and a half years later. Okay. So what has that been like starting a business and also, you know, trying to tend to your marriage and, and life and adding kids to the mix? What has that been like? I mean, I won't say that it's always been easy. There have certainly been challenging times. Um, I'm very lucky that you know, since day one of like coming home and saying to my husband, 
I think we're going to start a business. You know, he, he was, he had his questions, he had his concerns, but he was always supportive and he's always, um, just really understood my need to create things myself. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's always worked for larger companies. And, um, so we've been very fortunate to have a little bit of that safety net with, um, you know, health insurance and, and all of the things that we can take for granted when we work for someone else. Um, mm-hmm. and so, you know, it, it has certainly had its ups and downs. I think in the first few, few years of business, I was, most definitely a workaholic. Um, not just because, you know, I enjoyed what I was doing, but suddenly there was a price tag attached to my time. So, um, you know, whereas at other jobs, it was you work when there's work to do and you get a paycheck no matter what, every two weeks, you know, this was different. And it was, um, you know, I definitely had some, uh, panic and fear, like, oh my goodness, you know, this really is dependent on me now um, and my partners and, you know, the amount of time I put in is, is correlates to how successful we're going to be. Um, and I very quickly burn out. <laughs> and mm. I think that those first couple of years in business taught me a lot about needing to take breaks and, and needing self-care. I don't think we were really calling it self-care then. I, I feel like the term self-care has really um, come into the landscape a bit more in the last four or five years, especially the political mm-hmm. landscape. I think that that tends to be when, um, you know, more attention is paid to how we're taking care of ourselves when we're living in, in difficult times. But, you know, mm-hmm. I did start to build in more breaks and and eventually knew that we wanted to start a family. And I knew that I was going to have to find a way to balance my job with, um, you know, having kids and, and being, um, the one who had more flexibility in their job to, to be home more often. Um, you know, I will say that when we had my son in, um, 2012, um, it was a very difficult transition to motherhood for me. And Mm. in many ways, I feel very fortunate that, I was a business owner and had a lot more flexibility in terms of, you know, going back to work after a certain amount of time. I was still working from my house and, you know, able to to stop to nurse him and and mm. see him even while I had either my mom or a babysitter here helping. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I was very fortunate in that sense. I don't know what my adjustment to motherhood would have looked like if I had to go back to work at, you know, eight weeks or 12 weeks, like many mothers do in this country. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was, it was a very rough time for me. And I just, I just hadn't been around babies very much. And, um, you know, I had a niece, but I just really, really wasn't prepared for what parenthood would look like. Um, My postpartum recovery was, was difficult. Nursing was a huge challenge. Um, My son when he was nine days old, he got a fever and had a virus and we were back in the hospital for three days. And, and those things, you know, it was just a very, it was a very hard time. Um, and you know, my husband, yeah, I mean, we just, we went through a lot of growth and changes together as partners Mm -hmm. and kind of like, what have we done? This is so scary. And we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, you know, and, and I, 
I think also, um, looking back, I really had some serious postpartum anxiety that went really undetected for, for a long time. Um, and I don't know, I think back on this, I don't know if that was that at the time, and it wasn't that long ago, it was only eight years, but I felt like the doctors and the nurses were all reminding me of, you know, signs to look for, for postpartum depression, but because I didn't feel, because I didn't feel depressed per se. And I, you know, my husband would kind of like, um, you know, joke in a, in a, um, innocent way. Like you took a shower today, right? Because that was like the first thing in all of those pamphlets about postpartum depression, like make sure you're showering every day and getting dressed and that you don't feel like you're going to harm your child. And, um, you know, those were all very important things to be looking out for, but I don't think any of us were looking at my level of anxiety as something that had come from, you know, the postpartum time. So, Mm. um, yeah, it was, it was a hard transition. Um, I'm, I'm so lucky to have a supportive partner and, that when we had my daughter in 2016, it was a much easier transition because we knew what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. But, but those first few years were were difficult, balancing relationship and business and being a new mom and just feeling completely overwhelmed by every aspect of it. I hear you. And it is a lot. I mean, you know, you were recently married, then you started a new business, and then you had a new baby. So there are lots of new things in your life going on in a really short amount of time, like a short time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and each of those brings with it its own learning curve and its own set of like growing pains and transitions that we have to contend with. Yeah. And um, so as you, you said your son is now eight. He is eight. Yes. Which is just, I just can't believe how time, <laughs> how time flies. I'm like one of those moms now, you know, <laughs> I can, I totally understand it. I, always heard moms before I was a mom say that I'm like yeah but you know everyone knows that time is gonna fly but it doesn't hold the same weight until you see how quickly little humans change like just in the span of one day they can be so totally different so yeah my favorite little fun fact to tell everybody now is that his um his shoe size is the same as mine now right oh my gosh I know he's like a giant and he's up to my (laughs) He's up to my shoulders and I'm not a very tall person. I'm like five, three on a good day. Um, but, but, and my, my husband is not super tall either, but somehow our son is like pretty tall for his age. And we just, some days I just look at him. I'm like, where did these legs and these limbs and these feet come from? Like it, it really flies by. And, um, you know, I, I've certainly learned a lot in those eight years. We'll, we'll say that. <laughs> yes, I would imagine so. Yeah. So what does it look like right now? Like what is a a life that's well designed look like to you in this moment? Mm. I would say, you know, for me the the life that I strive for is a life that feels um content but without too much excess and um I think I mean that in the way that my business partner Terry and I we have never really wanted to grow this company so big that we're managing employees or a huge office space or a ton of overhead. Like keeping things manageable 
um, scaling to an extent, but just keeping it so that, you know, we don't feel just overwhelmed by so many things and so many details um, has mm-hmm. been, has remained really important. Um, we're both mothers. And I think that, you know, we just always want to have that, that balance with our families. Um, you know, and just being able to spend time with my kids. And, you know, right now we spend lots of time together because we're all home all the time. <laughs> um, my husband right. is now working from home and my son is back to school in person a few days a week, but he's, you know, also learning from home a few days a week and, and my daughter is home. And so, um, you know, we certainly have a lot of togetherness right now, but I think just making sure that we always have those dinners together and, um, slow mornings and and slow weekends when we're not running around. And, um, those are the things that are important to me. I think that, um, while I do not wish another pandemic on anyone, and I, I do hope that this is over soon, I think that we've all sort of seen um, some of the great rewards that have come from slowing down. And, and it's been a great reminder to me why, why we didn't build a business that was so huge that, um, you know, when it did come time for something scary like a pandemic, we did not find ourselves in a, in a super terrifying position because we had a business that was manageable. And um, that really worked around our lives as mothers. So that's mm. something that, you know, even on the tough days, I I am grateful for um, the balance that I that I somewhat have, um, and I'm always striving to just keep that in check. Make sure that I'm appreciating what I have, and and I'm not looking for any growth that's going to you know, feel unmanageable in a couple of years. So scaling responsibly. <laughs> mm, that's so beautiful. Thank you. And such a, a great reminder for me, and I'm sure the listeners as well, to kind of take stock and, you know, appreciate where you're at. And I think right now I'm finding myself in a position where I'm designing a life that mm. I always dreamed of. And it's happening under such strange circumstances that it can kind of be hard to reconcile. You know Mm, what I mean? mm -hmm. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, okay, we've always wanted my husband to be able to work from home. And now he's been working from home for almost eight months, but it's because of a pandemic and it's because people are getting really sick. And, you know, so there are like all of these things where you know, on one side, it can be very easy to be consumed by all of the scary, terrible things that are happening. But on the other side, it's like there are some bright, shining moments as well. And I think what I'm hearing from you and the work that you've created in this planner is like being able to sit with those both, being able Mm -hmm. to make room for those both. And I think that's really important, especially now. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this year has just brought so much turmoil, um, to put it lightly. And, and I think, you know, one of the, one of the driving forces behind taking care of ourselves more is not just to, um, be able to take care of our families, but to be better for our communities. And I Mm -hmm. think that that has been something that has really come to the forefront this year. Um, you know, with like our literal communities in terms of, um, you know, are our neighbors ill or sick or can't leave their homes because they're at high risk? Um, and you know, the Black Lives Matter movement just really 
um, reaching new heights this summer with with everything that has gone on with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I think a, a large part of taking care of ourselves is is to be better humans for everyone around us, not just um, not just our kids and our partners, but our our community, our society. Um, how can mm. I better show up for the world by, you know, taking time to myself and, and finding time to read so I feel more educated and knowledgeable about the things that are going on? So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, like you said, it's no one would wish this pandemic um, upon anyone, but there are so many more lessons that have come out of it than I think that we ever could have imagined. So, you know, mm-hmm. I do hope that when life hopefully gets back to normal at some point, um, whatever normal looks like, I, I hope that we don't lose those things that we've learned and, um, and all of those important lessons that, you know, have been dropped on our doorstep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For better or for worse. Yeah. <laughs> Whether we sure. like it or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. So as we come to a close, where can people stay in touch with you and your work? Sure. So um, curiousandcompany.com is my design business um, where we design branding for small businesses. Balancebound.co is where you can find our Balancebound planner. So we're currently selling the 2021 version. We have both a wirebound and a bookbound version. Super excited for people to see those. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm very active on Instagram with uh, the Balance Bound um, account. That's at Balance Bound Planner on Instagram. And, you know, we'd love to hear from customers or potential customers if people have questions about um, either the planner or our design work. We have contact pages on both of our websites, and we always love to hear from people. So we look forward to, to keeping in touch and hearing from your listeners. Yay. I'm so excited that we were able to sit down and have this chat and definitely everyone who's listening, go and check out their beautiful planners. I'm already, I'm trying to decide. I feel like I like every single cover that you guys came out with. And I'm like, it's probably not wise for me to have six planners, but (laughs) (laughs) they're all so pretty. (laughs) Yeah. I have to say, I'm, I feel very lucky that I don't have to choose because they're, you know, they're mine. And I guess I, I mean, I'm going to have to pick one eventually to stick with as my main planner, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I don't have to choose. And I'm, I'm very flattered that other people feel the same way about um, feeling overwhelmed (laughs) by the beauty of them, but you'll find the one that's right for you. I know it. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right about that. So thank you so much, Brooke. Thank you so much. It was great to speak with you. And that's it for this episode of Young Honest Mother, the podcast which means it's time for you to join the conversation. Share your thoughts on social media and tag me at Young Honest Mother. And then pass this episode along to friends and family who need to know that they're not alone on this journey either. Until next time, I'm your host, Maurice Young.